And so I got to actually for three months meet with Scott Cook every two weeks. And every single week when we would pitch our project, his question is always be, and how would that impact the customer? And so I think it's really ingrained in me a customer first approach on anything when it comes to messaging. In this episode, I'm joined by Stephanie Boker, head of marketing at Spendesk, one of the fastest growing fintech startups in all of Europe. Previously, Stephanie was the first product marketer at Gusto, and during her time at Intuit, had the opportunity to work closely with co-founder Scott Cook. In this conversation, we talk first principles of effective marketing, how to divide up responsibilities as your team begins to grow, and Stephanie's journey from the Bay Area all the way to Paris, France. Hope you enjoy. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. So I wanted to start things off with a little bit about your background. You graduated from Michigan and in 2011, you joined Intuit, which is best known for its accounting software, QuickBooks. What did they have you working on there and how did you come to join the company? So upon graduation, I was really considering a few different paths. Mostly it was geared towards looking at consulting and advertising as I was drawn to jobs that had a lot of variety in uh, what they'd be doing on the job. But lucky for me, Intuit actually came to Michigan for the first time. And it really was fate that I got to join the rotational development program. So for my first two years, I was able to work on four different projects over the course of those two years and move from both product management and marketing focused positions. So I got to work on payroll, I got to work on payments, I got to working on marketing communication software. So everything that was for the small business um, space, I got a really quick crash course in product management, product marketing, and kind of everything in between. That's great. And I know you spoke to this a little bit in terms of being involved in that rotational development program, but Two years in, you end up moving about 40 minutes up the road from Mountain View to San Francisco, and you become a retention and product marketing lead for the company. Can you speak a little bit to your role and experience there? Yeah, absolutely. So Intuit actually acquired a company called Demandforce, and they're another small business tool, um, a marketing communications tool. And I spoke up that I really, really wanted to get the experience to move to a smaller team. I loved my experience at Intuit because I got so much of the frameworks and basics on how to, to do product marketing, but I was really enthusiastic to join a smaller team. And so I moved over to that team as one of the first kind of transplants from the into it over to Demandforce. And there I was really focused on a couple things. One, on rolling out new features. And so I got to work on a couple different products and figuring out how we wanted to market it to our customers, how we wanted to roll it externally, and how we measured um, success of those. And then also was working really closely with the success team on driving uh, engagement, retention, and expansion across the products as well. So we had a couple different products that were attached to the core product that had additional revenue streams. And so I was focused on driving add-on revenue as well. Very cool. So these are obviously the first few years of your career. You're learning a lot. You're shipping a ton of product and rolling out new features. Were there any experiences that stick out to you in terms of lessons learned about effective product marketing or maybe some things that didn't work out quite as well as you would have hoped? So actually, when I was down in Mountain View, I was super lucky to be on a project that actually won a Scott Cook Innovation Award. 
It was a product called SparkRent. It was a tool for landlords and renters to be able to easily capture their monthly rent, but also kind of manage all of the other different topics when it comes to being a landlord. And so I got to actually for three months meet with Scott Cook every two weeks. And one of, I think the biggest things I got to learn from him that has led really well to my product marketing career is all about starting with the customer. Every single week when we would pitch our project, his question is always be, and how would that impact the customer? And so I think it's really ingrained in me a customer first approach on anything when it comes to messaging, um, rolling out features, but even, you know, operational things like how will that make an impact to the end customer? And so for me, I think that was one of the biggest learnings I had from that Intuit experience. That's awesome. And obviously Scott Cook, you know, the legendary co-founder of Intuit, very cool that you got to meet with him on kind of a bi-weekly basis there. So after almost four years with Intuit, you make the leap to join Gusto, another software company in the Bay Area, but one that was slightly newer than Intuit. For our listeners, Gusto was the product of YC's winter 2012 batch uh, and raised what was at the time the largest seed round ever for a YC startup in $6.1 million. So Stephanie, can you tell us what got you so excited about the role at Gusto and what you were doing there? Yeah, absolutely. So I was first introduced to Gusto, then payroll at the time, actually through a previous coworker of mine at Intuit. And so he knew that I was looking for a new challenge. Mm-hmm. And honestly, as soon as I met the team and really heard about the mission to impact small business, I was sold. And so I was really excited to be the first product marketer to get to build really the product marketing from the ground up. So at this point, you've worked in product marketing in a larger, more corporate environment at Intuit and then kind of a smaller environment with this fast-growing startup at Gusto. I'd imagine mm-hmm. at Intuit, the company probably had a pretty clear sense of who their target customer was compared to Gusto, who's growing rapidly and the environment's kind of changing and they're trying to define their audience. I'm curious, how did you and your team at Gusto think through the process of defining your target customer and then tailoring your messaging accordingly? So at Gusto, we invested doing segmentation research pretty early on and it was extremely helpful to really align the whole company on our singular definition of who our target customer was. And so from a methodology perspective, we looked at both internal data and external uh, market research as well to really help us define that target audience. Our data science team analyzed our existing basic customers looking at ACV and NPS uh, and the product marketing team conducted both an external survey. And then we also did internal customer review interviews as well, focused on capturing firmographics, demographics, and psychographic data. And from this, we were able to identify three main dimensions that really helped influence the difference in their product needs, buying motions, brand expectations. And it was a huge pivot for our company. It was the moment really that I felt that our entire business was aligned. And and once again, who we're building for who we're messaging for, and and also who we're serving. I think that's another thing too, that when you think about target audience, companies don't always talk about, but there's also even a different expectation when it comes to how people want customer service. That makes sense. So I guess zooming out a little bit here, Stephanie, do you have any tips for product marketers out there looking to define their target audience? Yes. I actually have had the opportunity to speak on this a few times and my biggest and strongest advice for all product marketers is to go uncomfortably narrow. And the reason I say this is really the whole purpose of the exercise of having a target audience is narrowing down the scope of who you're targeting so that you can really resonate with the buyers and increase your chances of speaking more specifically to them. Mm-hmm. So go uncomfortably narrow is my, my tip one. Tip two is really when you start 
start the process of segmentation research or audience research of some kind, it's really important to start listing out hypotheses that you seek to validate and the antithesis. This is, for me, really the crucial differentiation on you being able to take those insights and to make them actionable instead of merely just informational. And then lastly, it's really making sure once you define the target audience, ensure everyone in the business is bought in. Product, sales, customer success, marketing, leadership, it's really crucial that everyone um, is bought into this new target audience so that you can prioritize the same audience and build your strategies on the same personas. That makes sense to me in terms of just going uncomfortably narrow, as you said, just to ensure that we're really nailing product market fit for those initial customers. Mm -hmm. So by June of 2018, you decide to leave Gusto and move away from San Francisco. And I know you spoke to this a little bit in terms of, I guess, consistently joining smaller and smaller teams throughout your career. Uh, but for our listeners who might not be quite as familiar, can you tell us a little bit about what Spendesk does, how it's differentiated, and what number of employee you were there? Yeah, absolutely. So Spendesk, look it up. It's honestly one of the fastest growing fintech startups in Europe. So what we're doing is we're building a spend management solution. And so what that means is that we offer companies both software that's super easy to pre-approve and track company spend with built-in payment methods through virtual cards and physical debit cards. So this is a tool that finance employees both love, um, which is one of the huge differentiators. Usually the tools only really helping the account side of things. And so it's a huge burden for employees or it's focused on just giving employees really easy methods of payment, but it's not tied to any form of software that makes it a total mess for finance. So it's really putting both these parties in the forefront. And so we're building a full solution, making it really easy for them to have full visibility on everything they're spending. And so we're um, currently available all across Europe. We actually just recently expanded to the US. Um, so super excited to be able to um, serve even more businesses. But you wanted to know then, when did I start? So I joined um, as employee number 26 with the mission to build the marketing team. Nice. I can tell you, I personally would love to have access to a product like this. The expense management platform that my company uses is frankly a huge pain in the ass. So something that expedites that process, makes it a little easier, would be great to have. So I know that Spendesk has grown pretty rapidly in recent years, Stephanie. As someone who's leading the marketing team, how have you thought through the process of hiring and scaling that team at your company? Yeah, so hiring was a skill set that I had to very quickly learn since before I usually joined more teams that were a bit more established. And so one of the biggest things I've learned, it's, it's really a mix of proactivity and reactivity. So when I joined, um, there was one other marketer on the team who was focused on building community. And we had one design intern who was to start in a few months. And so the first thing that I did was take stock of the skills of the team. And so knowing that our team was quickly going to be held to lead targets and seeing their team predominantly had strong skills in brand building and strategy, I first proactively prioritized hire for someone to build our demand gen, as that was um, something that was going to be extremely important soon. And then my second hire is more out of like a reactive demand. We had the sales and customer success team growing really rapidly and, and thus growing enablement needs. And so the second position that we looked for is a product marketer focused on sales enablement. And so just in general, kind of the, the process and approach for hiring and scaling the team is, is just like this back and forth between proactively kind of planning for the next projects and objectives that we wanted to hit. And then also reactively getting requests from other teams and, and wanting to make sure we support those. 
Yeah, so I guess somewhat related to this, but as you're building out the team, you're obviously bringing on new team members, some of them somewhat proactively, some of them somewhat reactively. How are you thinking about how you get those new team members up to speed and teaching them what is the right way to be marketing the product here at Spendesk specifically? So I was very lucky that even before I joined the team, Spendesk had actually already invested in building a really robust onboarding, more than I've ever seen at any other company. So we already had that muscle of whenever a new person joined the company, they had a full two weeks already planned for them. So in terms of making sure they got to know the customer, the product, and so then I just quickly could plug in to that process that was already there and also made sure that we had, you know, one of those great internal docs that every company has. It says, here's the tagline, here's the boilerplate, you know, here's the core messages that we want to, to hit home. So um, honestly, it was, it was actually pretty easy to slip into the processes we already had to help our new new spend deskers um, get up and running super quickly. Gotcha. So Stephanie, I know you spoke a little bit to this, but as a product marketing team begins to grow, how do you recommend that folks think about dividing up responsibilities within that team? Good question. And it's a tough one. If you look anywhere in forums asking about product marketing, it's always, how do you divide the team? And Mm. I think it really depends on the stage of the company. So early on, like most functions, I think it's super important to keep people as more generalists. You're just going to need to be able to work across the funnel, across products, across different audiences. But as you grow, division is, is good for productivity. So I think for the experiences that I've seen and how we've divided the companies um, at Gusto and then I followed the same um, kind of rhythm was first dividing people against the funnel. Because I think it's really important to give people a really core objective. And also those core objectives across the funnel are different skill set. Uh, as my desk, we have someone who's at the top of the funnel, so an acquisition PMM, really focused on core messaging, packaging, the website, and all of the, the more external facing um, communication. Second, we have someone who's enablement PMM, who's really Really focused on driving actual customer conversion. So um, works closely with sales and customer success to ensure that they have all the enablement needs and ensure that we take all of our opportunities uh, and turn them into customers. And then third, SPMM is our customer and engagement uh, product marketer. And so her mission really is around customer engagement. And so that means through expansion, product usage, awareness. And so really the person who's owning that customer communications calendar and ensuring that the customer really has the best experience. That being said as well, we are also divided across the product. I think it's important to have a direct line to the product team as well. um, So they can be there as they're building out the roadmap and as they're really defining what are those new features to attract and retain our customers. Gotcha. Yeah. So for our listeners, since Stephanie's been at Spendesk, obviously the startup's grown tremendously. So dividing up responsibilities specifically within product marketing there, to me at least, makes a lot of sense. So just to uh, zoom out a bit here, Stephanie, to you, what are first principles of effective product marketing? Are there any things in your head or themes that you think can be applied broadly to product marketers in any space? I do have to make a plug for two top-notch product marketing resources that I religiously follow. So the Product Marketing Alliance newsletter and Slack channel and Sharebird, which has AMAs of some of the top product marketers across the world. So we'll give a plug for those, but I also will give my own principles, but I think you can find everything product marketing there. 
the first principle I'm actually going to steal from one of my favorite business books by Simon Sinek, and it's Start With The Why. So this, in my perspective, is really the PMM mantra. It's to keep asking and digging for the why behind the initial answer, because it's really what helps you be able to differentiate and make truly impactful messaging. You know, people say they like to save time, but why? Because they have better things to do. Because why? Because they like to feel impactful. Why? And so it's like, keep going and keep digging because you really want to get behind what people are saying. And I think it's especially true in B2B because there you're speaking to people too. Also, I love this exercise as well because it does also help you prioritize projects. So even separate of messaging, I think start with the why. I would say second product marketing principle is never assume you know everything about the customer. So I've been super guilty of this one myself where I start a new job. I initially invest a lot of time in speaking with customers and prospects um, and I come like truly open-minded but then a few months go by and I get into a groove and you find excuses to no longer run your your work by customers and you start to kind of trick yourself into believing that you already know what they're going to say or how they'll react but I think in the end it's really important to remind yourself you're a marketer you're not an accountant you're not a tech lead you're not a small business owner and so whoever your audience is a really strong principle of mine is i believe it's a good standard to at least have one customer exchange once every single month even regardless if it's not tied to just a project or a business objective like make time to talk to a customer at least at least once a month and the third principle is make time for fun and creative inspiration because marketing is all about connecting your service or your product with people through stories but good storytelling takes time and inspiration as much as data and keyword search terms should definitely drive your marketing strategy it also has to come out of brainstorms about what animal your customer best represents and what emoji best matches the feeling of frustration and so I just really think it's super important as a marketing leader to make your team have time and build this time to really help you come up with like a fresh edge on how you're selling. Let's be honest, time savings. So I would say make time for fun and creative inspiration. Awesome. So number one, start with the why. Number two, one customer exchange per month. And three, make time for creative inspiration. And we can definitely link to those two resources as well in the show notes. So awesome tips there. And Stephanie, just the, uh, the last question that Ethan and I like to ask all our guests on the show. What are some of your favorite books and podcasts and how have they changed the way that you view the world? So I already mentioned one, but I'd still repeat that Simon Sinek, Start With The Why. It's just the PMM framework. And so that book for me is always one that I'll go to and reference again and again and again. A second book that I always recommend to anyone who's kind of moving up to that next step in their career where they're managing people is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I think it is such a relatable book. As a fiction lover, I also just personally really love the way that it's written. But for me, it's really, really pushed me to think more about the importance of healthy debate at work as one who's not naturally seeks conflict. And so that one just always kind of reminds me to bring healthy debate at work. But I'd say some of my favorite podcasts are Good Life Project, Up First, Planet Money, recently Coffee Break French, because I'm trying to learn French. But uh, one episode that really has stuck out for me, and I, and I reference a lot at work, is one from Hidden Brain. So they had one called The Edge Effect, and it was an episode 
featuring a social scientist on a study and how to best create an environment um, for creativity. And so the social scientist looked at projects in music and science and business. And the biggest reason that the project would be more creative, and this was measured by out of the box or new thinking, was the diversity of the group of people. And so this is just something that I try to think about when I recruit or even when I put together a team of people on a project is to really avoid, you know, favoring people that might just naturally work better together for making sure that there's more of a diverse range of experiences, diverse range of backgrounds, as I truly do believe it's, it's one of the most important ways for a business to be successful. Gotcha. And obviously fostering an environment in which creativity can flourish paramount to your job at Spendesk. So great. I'll have to check out some of those books and some of those podcasts. But Stephanie, lastly, where can our listeners find you? So if you want to shoot me an email, I'm actually pretty responsive. I love connecting people and and meeting up for virtual coffees. LinkedIn is probably one of the best ways to find me. Great. We can definitely link to that in the show notes. Stephanie, thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. This has been Ashley Tyson with Worth. You can find show notes below or at worth.card.co. That's card with two R's. Thanks for your time.